0: All right, welcome in, Stripe Show Podcast Season 2. Picking things up here a little bit. Uh, season 1, great ratings, uh, subscriptions. We appreciate everybody out there uh, following along, Instagram, at Travis Golf and uh, picking up the flow here, Stripe Show Podcast. And uh, this week's guest knows all about the Stripe Show and the birth of the Stripe Show. Three years ago, uh, this man, Gigi Swingtips a.k.a. George is one of the hottest teachers uh, in the game. Do you remember that time when you and I were sitting right there, right outside of TPC Sawgrass and uh, breaking the golf swing down? That was three years ago.
1: Absolutely. Today. It was three years ago today?
0: <laughs> uh, well, it was three years ago in May. Excuse oh. me, next month. That was when the players was. But, uh, yeah, time flies. Welcome in, buddy. I-, I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for
1: having me. Um yeah. sitting here in Cali all you know quarantine out and we're doing nothing really it's it's kind of kind of nice day out too i can sit in my backyard hit a few balls so this is nice nice so change I, up. I,
0: I, I was looking on your instagram handle and um in your story looks like you got a haircut looks like you, uh...
1: <laughs> 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 that's hilarious yes i did all by myself you saw my wife I don't know. I just was like, no one's going to see me for a while. Might as well just butcher this thing. (laughs) Kind of like Charlie Sheen in in major leagues. I just, I I just did it. I love it. And the wife comes and catches me and she's like, are you serious? She's a hairstylist. I'm like, I was just going to shave it all. She's all nope, 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 nope. And she stopped me. So I got the whole bottom part and around my, my bottom cap is all fricking to the scalp pretty much.
0: How long you been married, Gigi?
1: Ah, uh, three years. Three years. Yeah, Justine, she's great. Yeah, she's been cool.
0: Yeah, it's like you guys got a great relationship there in Southern Cal. And and you don't this uh this quarantine stuff that's going on and staying home. I I I imagine that's uh, that can't be easy for you. Well, you know
1: what? I I feel like I've been more busy than I've ever been. I've done you know, okay. a bunch of podcasts. I'm doing a bunch of you know, online lessons. I'm doing, you know, a bunch of filming, you know, with the guy that, you know, does my uh, membership program. Yeah. Um, George Yankees Golf Membership Site is we're doing a bunch of that filming, you know, basically, I'm still super busy. And I think that, you know, I get a couple hundred videos a day of students who, who think that I'm so bored that I want to look at them that uh i you know i i've been looking at swings over and over and over all day so it's it's mm-hmm. it's a non-stop thing for me and i'm flattered that i get you know swings thrown at me every every second but you know <laughs> I, i'm still working so it's it's <laughs> it's not one of those things right i'm not doing anything and, and i should yeah. be looking at everybody's golf swing and i'm sure you're feeling the same way
0: yeah yeah you know we i get a lot probably not as many as you do but it it uh it's, it's a lot. fun, you know the the passion um, the passion for golf is real, and people want to get better. Um, so many of are a part of your membership as you uh, as you talked about, which I know does really well, and it's doing its best you know, right
1: now, which is random. It's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> people know, the are so bored; is,
0: they want to the be reality is, The reality is, George, is most people don't take private lessons, right? Like we're talking, 15 percent take a private lesson. And is that what it is? Yeah. And so you've got like 85% of the golf population and they love golf and they all want to get better. And we know that the best way to teach them is, is in person, like put our hands on them and move them and have dialogue and feedback. But, but there's, there's other ways of access to, to getting better. And, and, you know, sometimes just looking at a video and giving them, you know, two, three sentences of what they should do, knowing really not much about them, it can go a long ways. I don't, I know it's not ideal, but it does help them. It does help most of them and give them hope and move them in the right direction to some degree. And Hey, that's, that's a good thing. I know a lot of teachers disagree with that, but at the end of the day,
1: no, they, I'd agree a hundred percent with that statement. Yeah. I mean, it, it, sometimes they just need, you know, to, to, you know, confirm what they're doing is right. I mean, I, I, I probably had, I don't even want to tell you how many, but, Quite a few today that are just like, "Is hey, is my rehearsal right? Am I rehearsing this right? Mm -hmm. Can I Facetime you for five minutes?" It's like all day long. Can I Facetime you for five minutes? If I said yes to everyone, I probably wouldn't have much time in my day. So, but but you know, (laughs) and I I do. I I'll get on there for five minutes. You know, because you know it's part of being a coach, and yeah, that is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get into a you know a number of things here, but I want to start. George, with your time with Butch, you were on the cover of um, Golf Digest there with Butch Harmon. And um, what was that like, man? Working uh, working with him. I know you gave him a lesson. The uh, can the guy uh, can the guy rotate?
1: <laughs> you know what? Butch was probably one of the coolest coaches that I've ever met. You know, he's he's a legend. You know, and mm-hmm. so you know, I thought he just came out, you know, because for publicity stunt. But he really came out, and he was cool and humble, and and he lost his ego, and he's like, I'm honestly here because I. You know, I want to get better. I I wanna I wanna hit the ball a little better. And I was like, that's sick. I mean, mm-hmm. he threw his ego aside. He didn't need to do that. He could have rode off in the sunset. It was to me, I don't I don't see why he would have even done that, you know, but but he did and he was cool and we got some stuff done. And I mean he I mean, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from, you know, how he ran his business, you know, mentally, what he said to players, how it what he did when people fired him, how he reacted to certain situations. Those are the, I like learning from a lot of stuff, you know, what he did with certain players, mm-hmm. you know, how he spent the time, did he go on tour, those are the things that were fun for me, it's like, first time I met David Ledbetter was, you know, you know, what do you do, and he's like, here's the key, you know, so so those are the things that I like learning from Butch was, you know, I he, he you know, he he, more than anything, he taught me more than I taught him, and he probably didn't know that, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah. What, what, when, when's the last, what, what do you tell you about getting fired? I mean, cause, because that's, you know, he said it's that-
1: part of the territory. He says, you know, I always go into every single, every single person giving them my all, but knowing the fact that this is not forever, he knows that, you know, no matter who you have and you think that, you know, you have a great relationship with them, eventually they're going to leave you. And he says, and you got to take it gracefully. And I was like, you know, and not in those exact words. So if he heard it, he'd be like, "I didn't say exactly what." Well, it was pretty. That's the way I interpreted it. And and I'll tell you what, it was, you know, because every time someone leaves you, you you go, "Why was it? Because did I say something? Did I did it get worse? Because you feel like you've always given, you know, you're over a hundred percent, and yeah. and you can't understand why." And he says, "You can't take it to heart, never." He says, and I, and there's times where some were a little bit worse than others, but it is what it is. And, and it's always going to happen to everyone. So, you know, get used to it. He says, he says, <laughs> I know that a lot of people probably don't leave you. And I said, well, yeah, they do. Sometimes they leave, whether it's because I charge too much, whether maybe, you know, I, I'm not doing what they want, um, you know, it, it, who knows what it is sometimes. Sometimes they just don't like your face, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know what it is. So so the fact is, is that, you know, I, I, that was something that was cool to hear from him considering, you know, he's been with so many, you know, legendary players with Tiger, Phil Mickelson, and Jesus, so many players. That, yeah. You know, he has, who, I mean, did, who did eventually leave him, Greg Norman. You know, yeah. all those guys that, that, that he had, I, I, you can't even imagine it. Never really, he says, it didn't hurt my business at all. People mm-hmm. know that, you know, I put my, you know, stamp on every player and, you know, and that's the thing. He says, you got to understand you, every player has a piece of you in them. Um, And I said, that's a cool way to look at it too. You know?
0: Yeah. You know, and he's, it's interesting. Right. And he's probably, you know, he's the most successful coach of all time and he's probably been fired the most.
1: Yeah. Well, I would imagine. And, (laughs) and, I mean the guy all I can tell you is i you know I didn't know a whole bunch about him as a person mm-hmm. before I mean I'd heard good stories you know about him before, and I was like, You know what this this should be cool and interesting and and he was like, i mean humble, funny, cool, told some cool jokes I mean it was just i mean it was a pleasure, and I still get to talk to him too I mean, yeah, you know i we still like text on the phone you know for a while there a few months after he was sending me videos this look better look better.' And it, it was, I mean, he's cool. I still yeah. talk to him.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I was talking with um, Aaron Oberholzer. Um He was on the podcast last He's week. a great, talk about a great dude, that yeah. his career cut short. Dude, that dude's a stat. He was a great player. You know, he was ranked 22nd in the world at one point. Um, you know, he won the PGA Tour. He won uh, the uh, AT&T there at Pebble and a couple of times on the Corn Ferry Tour. But we were, we had a really good discussion about player-coach relationships. One of the things that we talked about was, you know, it's just inevitable. I mean, it doesn't matter how great the coach is, how great the player is. It's like, it's almost inevitable. It's going to split at some point. There are exceptions. You see Mike Bender with Zach Johnson, you know, the Jordan Spieth, Cameron McCormick relationship. Um, But it's, it's just an interesting dynamic. You have more experience than I do in it. I dabbled in it um, a decent amount, probably, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago. But, uh, you know, it's like take us inside the ropes like this player coach relationship. How often are you in communication? Let's take Matthew Wolf, right? He's one of your players. How often are you in communication with him if you're not seeing him face to face? You know, that's a great
1: question. You know, here here's the one thing that, that I've never understood is that, you know, I have more than than one player on tour. And I think everybody knows that I've probably got uh, eight guys on tour. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got like four on the corner Ferry right now. Um, And so when you look at a player, you think that, okay, you need to be there every week because most tour coaches are out there every week. To me, when I go on tour, I lose money. So that either means that I did my contracts bad or I'm a little smarter because I'm making more money off the course. Mm -hmm. So when I look at it to answer your question, when I talk to Matthew Wolf and he goes, you know, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with this or I'm hitting it so good or whatever's going on with him. You know, I talk to him probably on the phone in a tournament, at least when I'm not there three, four times a week. Okay. But the fact is, it's, it's, it's very rarely mechanical. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, you know, mental, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, you know, just talking just, you Mm -hmm. know, we're friends too. And first and foremost, we're friends. And so that's the thing is that I've been with him since he was 13 years old. Right. So, you know, people go, well, why aren't you out there every week with him? Da da da. He's just all independent. He just knows what he's doing. Well, if I was a shitty coach. Yeah then I should be out there every week with him. If I'm really good at what I do and we communicated and, and he knows exactly what I'm gonna say before I say it, I don't need to be there. Yeah. And so the fact is, is if I'm gonna be there, that's just feeding my ego to say, hey, look, I teach Matthew Wolf and I don't give a shit about that. And I think that most people know that, uh, who know me personally, that that's not, what, that's not my vibe. My vibe is basically, I need to help this kid if he needs me, if he doesn't, I don't need to be there for him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and so, and he knows that he knows that before I even say anything, he's, I know what you're going to say. And I'm like, all right, let's hear it. This is, I need to stay on top of it, but my right pen is going away from the target. I need to rotate my chest and get my eyes out. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's, I mean, right before I say it, I'm like, dude, you didn't turn enough. He's like, is that why I'm tilting again? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You don't turn. You're going to tilt. Cause if not, you're going to dig a trench in the downswing you're going to start to extend up and then you're going to start throwing your angles you're gonna so these are the little things that we talk about and he knows what i'm gonna say before because like i said i've been with him for so long that it's not a rebuild yeah nothing nothing we're doing is rebuild so to answer your question you know it depends like right now even I'm, I, I talk to him i talk to him you know a couple times a week mm-hmm. just to see what's up because he's in florida he's getting to play golf i'm not going to do anything well i'm still at him, so it's cool What do
0: you, what do you think would happen if players if coaches were not out there with them on tour i don't think it i mean
1: i have a lot of friends that are coaches on tour so i I don't want this to go the wrong way but the fact is is i don't think coaches should be out there every week Mm -hmm. but a lot of people are see the the one thing that i I don't think anybody knows i'm not on contract with one player on tour not one Mm -hmm. that i coach and there's a reason. And the reason is if once I go on contract with any one of the players, guess where I got to be? Right. On tour every week. And that's not where I want to be every week. Mm-hmm. And all the players know that already because I know damn well I make a lot more money at home and they know that too. So that's what David Ledbetter taught me a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, about a year and a half ago, I was out with Oxair a year ago. I was out with Akshay and on a tour event, and I asked him a quick question. It was really interesting. I said, you know, what I really want to know is how did you figure out percentages back then? He says, George, I never figured that out. He says, I had the number 1 and 2 player and the number 9 and 10 player in the world. And every time I worked with a 9 and 10, the 1 and 2 was mad. Every time I worked with a 1 and 2, the <laughs> 9 and 10 were mad. <laughs> he says, so I, know, he says so I never figured it out. You know, He yeah. says, I was getting you know, a certain percentage from all of them. He says, but I was making more money at home, to be honest. He says, what you need is one player to stay relevant. Just remember that. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, never th- I never thought about that. And so now it's more of, you know, today I to talked to Sun Kang and Danny Lee. And Sun Sun Swin- sent me swings of him hopping all over the place trying to kill the ball. And, I, you know, I love, you know, I love talking to Sun, Danny, you know, all my other players, you know, that, you know, John John Chen who's killing it on the, the uh, Corn Fairy Tour. I yep. forgot the name of it uh he's killing it right now and so as you know i just started working with the same moon bay mm-hmm. he's playing pretty damn good too and these guys are these guys are you know they're fun to talk to for me you know what i mean yep. they come up but but the cool thing about it is well sung's probably he's the best he's the best crazy i've ever met i mean he's the he's the best he's so smart about the golf swing that he just he doesn't care about making a huge change in one day and I'm like bro you're out of your mind you're playing great golf <laughs> he, he really will he'll yep. change his whole golf swing in one day if he said it'll be better he doesn't care and he'll go play a tournament and still be fine
0: is it fair to say that Sung Kang swings as hard as he can every time
1: <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> dude
0: <laughs> And does it have this does, does he have the
1: biggest balls for a little guy I've ever seen? Hell
0: yeah. The guy he just has no fear and he doesn't give a shit. It's the weirdest thing oh, I ever met. And Danny Lee he, and Danny Lee got locked into a weight room and wasn't left out for like two months. I think Danny Lee could kick Bryson Day ass.
1: <laughs> Dude, he's a big boy now. He is a big boy. He really is. I'm a well, what have you been doing? I talked to him today, and he was in—he was in his bath with his kids. He's a freaking. His kids are so cute; it's hilarious. Yeah. And he goes, "Just been lifting weights." I'm like, "Dan, you might want to get some reps in between, so you're not like all tight." He's all just lifting heavy weight. <laughs> <laughs> like you're out of your mind, dude.
0: <laughs> Those guys are the best. Yeah, they're they're, they're hilarious. Well, they are. It's cool to see Sung Kang. He's played well. I mean, he's. Um his name seemed, well, I mean, they're obviously, they're not playing now, but when they were in the first quarter of the season there, his name was popping up um, a lot. And, um, you know, just kind of back to Matthew Wolf for a second, you look at him, you know, he's got one win there um, on the PGA tour and, you know, a lot of discussion about him and Victor Hovland and, Colin Morikawa, this Sung Jae Im, man, the kid's, you know, incre- guys are incredibly good. Me. But you look at Wolf now, you know, he's got some reps now under his belt. Second year. What, uh, what's the next step for him, do you feel? Well, you
1: know what? It's just for him, he's just got to get comfortable. It's the first time they're seeing it. I mean, I, I, he's been playing on tour for, what, three, four months now? I mean, it hasn't been a long time. It's what January, February. March, what they all shoot him, McCall, and what do you call it, went four under four or four under 500, 500, and they cut the tournament. Yeah. That was what a month ago. So, we're looking at once. I mean, he's been playing golf on tour for four months, so five months max. So, it's not like he's you know, it's his second year because it's really not. So, he's still like basically a rookie, you know what I mean? So you know he, he hasn't played all the tournaments for a whole year yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yep. So what's the next step for him? I mean, it's for, who knows with this. Yeah, experience. You know, this coronavirus. I mean, it was. I was getting stoked to be able to coach. You know, at, at Augusta, and <laughs> now we don't know when that's postponed. to.
0: yeah, it's 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 a lot of uncertainty. I know the tour is looking at um Charles Schwab to be the to be the next tournament. Um, well, I think third week of May at their Colonial, but we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, every day. But yeah every day with
1: wolf yeah the thing with wolf real quick is is one i mean that kid if if he just gets confident for a second mm-hmm. it's on you know what i mean yeah. he'll lose he'll lose some confidence in his putting and it's it's I, to be honest that's the, probably the biggest thing that is volatile like you never know if his putting's good or not but he's a pretty damn good ball striker always he has been for a long time. Let me
0: throw this name at you. Get your thoughts. Um, you know Brandel Chambly, I know you. You. Uh, you've worked with him a little bit. Um, he came out, took a lesson from you. You know he's he's always got some things to say. I think, as I've always said, I feel like you know as far as the number two seat um, on Central and uh, live from on Golf Channel, I think he's the best in the business. But. You know, he's he's very opinionated and and he's uh, he's got a lot to say about modern coaching. And, you know, he he took some shots for sure uh, at modern coaching here this last time with his article in Golf Week. And, um, you know, personally, I have a lot of respect for the guy, but I think when he does dabble in the instruction world, I think he needs to get uh, a piece of turf to start teaching from. Uh, so we can start looking at his body of work. But what's your thoughts on Brandle, George?
1: Um, Well, that's funny. I've never heard it that way. Um, I I love Brandle. I think he, to me, has always been really good to me. Um, He came out and got a lesson. And I was surprised that I think that what he does is, you know, I don't even know if it's appropriate, because I I really like (laughs) Brandle, And I, I don't know if it's just him naturally, or it's an act. Because when I met him in person, and I talked to him. He's gentle. He's nice. He's he's smart you know when you get him on tv it's like he's ready to roll and bite somebody so there's a whole different brand when he gets on tv mm-hmm. uh because i know when he's with me or when i talk to him on the phone it's just like you know he he really is he's sweet he's very nice and so you don't you don't see but i think that that you know anybody who's too nice gets stepped on and i think that i think that he must like a little bit of it oh, you know for what i mean sure. yeah but but, but, I think that also I think that a lot there's a lot of truth in what he says it's there 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 is a lot of truth I mean some of the things that i I couldn't stand by, but there's a lot of stuff that I could sure. you know what i mean yeah. and and for me to go out there and say that what he said on certain things was i mean with Brooks Kepka the whole thing with that that was just a little bit trippy to me uh but but a a lot of other stuff you know I don't disagree
0: with him on yeah. No, he makes a lot of good points for sure i mean he's he's you know he's certainly not just winging it i mean he's taking some time uh to to look into it um i think his choice of words at times and and what and what and what he and what he attacks um to use your word can be a little little trippy and um um, you know, I, I don't know where he's, com- well, I don't know, I know where he's, he's coming very, from sometimes. I think he's
1: very knowledgeable. And I think that, you know, he went off and he studied with a good buddy of mine, Lucas Wald, who's a great coach that I think that should be on the top hundred in the, in the world. I think it's a joke that he's not to be honest. And I think that Lucas Wald is, is if you don't know who he is, you should check him out. He's, he's a, he's really, really smart. He used to work with Calvin Mahara. Uh, they parted but but he's a really good dude very educated does a lot of I mean he does lessons period but he's you know he's very good with long drivers uh, and I think that he's educated on how the body should work Mm -hmm. uh, with Lucas with Lucas or Luke Brack which is you know he's a doctor and and so those guys have educated you know they've educated Brandel Chamblee and he feels like you know going to fight who's going to mess with me because I, I i've got this back team and and those guys are very smart and and they're actually really really nice people i just feel like that they feel like you know they don't want to see people keep getting hurt they don't want to see people keep making bad decisions and, and so some people like me i see it all the time that i don't like things that are people are saying but that's not me to go yeah. out and start attacking I, I just don't go out and attack people. But the fact is, is that I think there is some
0: people that need that to feel, you know, like alive. One of the things, one of the things Brandel said is he felt that TrackMan really hasn't got the player better.
1: Well, FlightScope has, but TrackMan has. FlightScope has. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. What do you? What do you think? I'm um, with FlightScope. Uh, what do I think about that? What do you think that? about the you know... launch
0: monitor in general? I mean, FlightScope, TrackMan. I mean, just. Uh, you know what, I've
1: had it for, I don't know. So here's the deal. That's a great question. Because I read Jurgensen's, uh, Dr. Jurgensen's book, The Physics of Golf. Okay, very hard to read, by the way, I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. But the fact is, I read that back as Como's like, hey, read this. And I'm like, dude, this shit's impossible to understand. And they had D-plane on their back before anybody that I know knew about it. Um, and so I was trying to figure that stuff out. So I knew that the ball didn't start, you know, on the path. Uh, I knew that from the start because I used to open my face up like crazy and hit draws. Um, so the point is, is, you know, people try to trick you back there and says, where's the face? Is it closed or open when you hit a draw? Well, it's still closed. To what your path okay so the fact is when we knew it was open to the right but it's a different thing it's like it's it's people are trying to trick but the the when when that came out it like was verification of ball flight laws which was obvious Mm -hmm. um but more than anything there's games on there and i think that that's what every tour player does is they play games they're not trying to reorganize their golf swing so when coaches see players out there they look at them and go oh you know, they're working on their golf swing. A lot of times they're not. Yeah. They're working on yardages, and that's where TrackMan and FlightScope and all these other devices come yeah. in is they come in for tour players is, you know, I'm hitting a little down on it. I'm hitting a little cross on it today. But more than anything, it's getting their distances and playing games. And and we all know how important that is, you know. And to Matt Killian, you know, is, uh, I would say, a really good coach on tour. He is is more of a performance coach. He helps out Sung King. As his performance coach, and I'm his mechanic. But the fact is, is is he's done a better job than I have. And when I mean that is, he's out there telling him that you can't practice this time, but y- your TrackMan games you're going to do this, this, this on TrackMan, and making sure he's playing games rather than messing with his right. golf swing every day. And, and and that is so much more important. And that's what I've always done my whole life. But now I don't have the time to do that. You know, on tour it's go out and guide guys to. Here you got to practice this many hours. You got to do this, you know. That that's that's coaching, and I love coaching. But a lot of people want me for mechanics yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so to answer a question, I think it's very valuable for players day in day out to get their yardages. I, I know some players obsess on you know, I'm hitting two down or I'm hitting across there a little bit or da, da da da. And so they try and actually, you know, make these numbers up by going more left and pulling across a closed body to get going left rather than just using their body properly to create the numbers. You know what I mean? So, so, so that's the only thing that I see that I, I would go, Oh, this hasn't helped. But to me, now that I see it, you, you've been on them long enough. We can see when a ball starts three degrees, four degrees, right? I yeah. can't anyways. I've done been on it so long that I can tell, you know, that's two degrees right, you know, and that, that path is about six six more right. I said that ball hug two degrees left. I mean, I can just see, and we can see a reference because I know what five degrees looks like on my range. I know what one degree looks like on my range. I mean, I know a lot of people don't think that, but I do. I have, I have actually a, a 7,500, 125, 150, 175. They're all lined up not in actually increments of a degree. It's kind of yeah. cool. And so the fact is, is those are the things that help me coach. But now I look at, I don't need one except for 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 gains and distances. That's it. Yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that. Do you feel like you need one? Um, I use it less now than I did when I first got it, for sure. And and the reason, the reason I say that is, I agree. Uh, the reason is, and I think you make a really good point, George. Is that. Like, you know, people are are using you more now for mechanics and I feel like that's kind of where my um, business is right now is probably a little bit more mechanical base, whether it's um, through Instagram or on the lesson itself is helping people kind of navigate those waters rather than um, being the coach on tour. I didn't really think that was ever my skill. set. So one of the reasons why I kind of shied away from it was I didn't feel like that was me. Um, what, just being out there and coaching every day and really
1: not? Yeah. I, it, like, you know, get this done, this done. Yeah. It's more fun to be like, bro, you, you know, what this is what's really going on in your golf swing. <laughs> That that to me that to me is more yeah. fun now. But since I've been like starting this, I was way more of a coach. I got you know I had three state championships in a row or two and a half basically. I took second, um, and then you know in that time they were all high school kids, and that was coaching yeah. to me. It wasn't just golf swing; it was coaching. Uh, and I've had a number of kids. God, how many kids have I had get scholarships? Those were all real coaching deals. It was real. You know, whether it was the mental part, whether it's how much you're going to practice, you know, get over there, practice your partner, you're hitting too many balls. I want to see curve control. Whatever it was, it was always right. coaching. And then mechanics, I became more of a freak of mechanics. People were like, dude, I need more speed or I need freaking – I need to shout out or I need to rotate or I need freaking – to more ter- whatever it was that people came and saw me for it was like it became like more of a freak show or just now it's like hey dude i just want to fucking meet you i don't even want to get a lesson yeah. you know what i mean it's just weird shit yeah. now you know people come up when i'm giving a lesson and when i'm about ready and they're filming and i'm like dude i'm, I'm a golf coach get yeah out of here. yeah it's weird, it's weird. Well, let's
0: talk let's talk mechanics for a minute um y- you know I mean, first off, first off, I mean, what I mean, what is the real meaning of getting Gucci?
1: Um, well, you know, that's a good question, because I don't even know. <laughs> you know, I, I think that I, I think just if you have any of my swing characteristics, um, which aren't really mine, that I've really stole from, you know, whether it's Hogan, whether it's Sam Snead, yeah. whether it's Bobby Jones. Jeff- which is all the players that that people. A lot. It's funny when people think that I made up the posture that I do right off the bat is the funniest thing on the planet. So that's part of getting Gucci. Let's I'm start, sure is you know if you got <laughs> shitty posture, I guess you're getting Gucci. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll start. Let's we'll start with with the posture because you know you're you're kind of like me. Like you're always I was I, I put your posture thing on my on my Monday show. And your video and talking about, you know, the not getting locked out with your hip hinge and, you know, how it, it really restricts you on how you can turn and open up. And- Absolutely, it does. It also messes your balance points up. If, if I went over on my toes, obviously
1: we can't turn. My first instinct is going to be how do I shallow this? Going to right bend, go slide my legs, pull my arms down, stand up. Whatever it is, it's all the problem, common faults yeah. we have. Uh, or we're just going to fall out of balance. So we need to get our balance points back. And now once we've moved back, we got to throw our arms. So why why is my face so open to close? I mean, these are all stemming from setup. And, and so the round in the upper middle back is not something I like. It's just for somebody who's taller. If you don't round your back, you're either going to stick your butt way back of your heels or your armpits are going to be out on your toes. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're not going to turn, and either way, you're going to early extend or tilt or one or the yeah. other. So so we're trying to fight a battle, and in most of the battles, even trying to get shallow, if you start moving closer to it, as we both know, you're going to actually get your arms stuck behind you just to make room. You're not going to get your arms, like, out in front and rotated, or you're going to miss the ball. So now your shaft stands up, and now why am I trying to get shallow with my hands and arms when I'm, I've moved two six inches closer mm-hmm. to the ball like period you're you have no chance so you're never going to shallow it until you fix your setup and if you do shallow it guess what you're going to have to stand up at the bottom because you're too close to it still so these are the things that i look at and i go well why would i not change mm-hmm. my posture to be like the greatest of all time because they all look like they had the best impacts do you see any impacts like the old impacts now we are starting yeah. to again yeah yeah in the last 20 years do you see the impacts that we go oh look at this one this is that well now we're looking at david Duval. maybe we don't look at tiger's impact from behind we don't look at some of the greatest golfers that we've had in the last 20 years as well oh, there's my model it's more like hey look at fucking yes. bobby jones or look at sam sneed or or look at like look at hogan's impact these are all the things we're trying to copy we're not trying to copy any present-day impacts. Because now the setups are not the same, and that's why the impacts aren't Ernie, the
0: same. Ernie Hells didn't rotate aggressively through the strike, I think it's fair to say. you know, was, he was
1: Absolutely not, and his face was more open yeah. to close, and that's just the way it is. And, and Chris Como and I have had long conversations about that one,
0: face control. Yeah. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout-out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting-edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back... To the stripe show yeah it, it, you know it's interesting like you look at you know it's funny you say that because i I think about that a lot like you know I'm always looking I'm always using sneed and you know. Hogan and those guys you know in, in the way that they rotated not only you know not only through impact but the way they you know kind of opened up going back to you know with 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 the trail leg talk about you know this trail leg for sure and getting the right hip to turn not only you know back but up and losing flexion um, in the right leg so you can then get some extension in the spine. Um, to the top of the swing that's something for me over the last probably I would say 10 to 12 years for sure that I've just been I've just incorporated into my own swing you know because I was taught and you and I've talked about this before to keep the right knee very very solid turn almost like against it and then launch you know and 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 really launch laterally with a lot of side bend the the trickle down of the trail leg george just take me take the audience here a little bit into the backswing and how you like to see that trail leg work and then up the chain to the spine
1: well okay so that's a good question so here's the deal so if i set up and i'm bent over at 90 degrees let's say i'm bent over waist it's like a lot of hip flexion and let's say my back is has no flexion in my spine so first off flexion is knee flexion just bending your knees hip flexion is like just bending over at the waist a little bit and spine flexion is curving your spine just for the people that don't know what we're talking about. Um, So let's just say I'm bent over and my legs are locked at 90 and then I have a little knee bend, but I'm bent over at 90, which you should never be at by the way. And you start to extend your right leg. You're going to fall on your face. Okay. So the fact is, is right off the bat, I would never extend my leg if I was out of balance. Okay. So if you look at all the old timers, what they do is counterbalance some left bend and extension with the right leg extending. So to take you through it, I've always started to extend the spine because it's already rounded for me. I'm starting to extend the spine right away. And I'm also starting to keep the left bend down deep with that extension at all times as I rotate. All three of those are intertwined together for me personally, as I coach. Now, as I take it back, I extend the trail leg, and I keep the hips in flexion, and I extend the spine, okay? So, the reason I ch- – if you extended up, like, what was the uh, the long drive guy that extended the knee, the hips, and the spine uh, that had a banana in a commercial? What was his <laughs> name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Zubiak. Yeah. Zubiak. Oh, yeah. Remember, Jay? Yeah. You remember him? Okay. So, Jason Zubiak – can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. You there? Okay. Because I yeah, lost I one you. of my earplugs. Sorry. So – as as he would go back, he'd extend his knees, his hips, and his spine. So I try and keep my hips in the same flexion and I have my right leg extend. And then as I start to extend my spine with left bend, all of a sudden I could feel a different torque on my foot. Okay. Obviously, my left leg, my left knee is a little bit bent here. From that position, I can feel loaded. But if I actually start to extend up everything in the backswing and and, and keep my left bend, I haven't, I don't have the same torque on my right foot. So the fact is, is I'm extending two out of three things, the knee or the, the the right leg, the hips are staying in flexion, and the spine is extending with left bend as I turn. So all those things are intertwined to the you top.
0: Left bend to a, a student, and this is just from, you know, you've had this conversation, I'm sure, you know, the first thing they think is, well, that's a reverse spine, right? Like on the surface, you tell someone to lean their spine left as they're turning to the top of the swing they're like, well, wait a minute, like, I don't, I thought my, sp- I, I want my head behind the ball. Right. But the, re- but the reality, yeah, is, as, as you know, and you, and you explained to them, the left bend helps them stay centered, right. It helps them turn and kind of spiral up versus if they didn't, then they would just move excessively off the ball. Right. Off the so. ball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have a lot of guys just stand straight up and down and I say, just stand mm-hmm. straight up and down, extend everything like you're talking to me face to face, now turn 90 degrees or more and go into left bend. That's where I want you now. keep your chest to the sky. And that's pretty common for most coaches. They'll do the same thing. So stand up, turn, go into left bend. And that left bend is now more towards the ball or behind the ball. Um, And also the left bend is coming from the thoracic spine, not the lower lumbar. So a lot of people are getting a lot of just like your right bend is coming from the lower lumbar i'm getting it more from thoracic it's just like a mid spine kind of little crunch drop the right shoulder kind of an mm. ab crunch on the right side um so a lot of people are doing you know left bend from a different place than i am or what i'm teaching yeah. and right bend from a different place but but for for me i just say hey why don't you just drop your left shoulder after you've made the turn but the funny thing is, is a lot of people have a later left bend. like the left shoulder will go out and around mm-hmm. before it starts to dig in and i always say that left shoulder wants to go right into your sternum like you want to push it back down and and what's cool is i, I just did a, a thing i have my, my my g box i'm not trying to get people to buy it but the fact is is on the left side i have a line on it and out of your peripheral vision vision you can see it not go around your outside left foot. So if you can see your left foot in the backswing, you know you had enough left bend. Okay, so if you actually turn, don't have enough left right. bend, which we just talked about, then okay. you, you, you won't see your shoe. <laughs> and you can almost do that with your real golf swing. You can see your left toe if with your left shoulder being in the way, if, if out of your peripheral vision or just out of your vision in general, if you have enough left yep. bend, you can see your left toe. So it's a good kind of reference for That's people the as they take a backswing. Yeah, the G-Box will just, it'll tell you how, the white yep. line on it will get you all the way back, far enough, big turn, but also maintaining left bend at the top. And there was one on the right side. So when you get in to the ground, that right arm will get back in front, but not a pull down in front, but more like I've seen you do, go more into adduction and external rotation of the trail arm with a little bit of flexion yep. and extension of the hands uh, with some width we'll get your, your arm back in front, not a pull down. Um, so, so those, those are some of the things that, um, in the back swing. like no, that's you said, good. If that's I, explain good. That, I hope fair, I didn't go too is far. Is it
0: fair to say, well, let me ask you this. Um, cause so I got a couple, I got a couple things here to finish off the backswing. Um, one is, it, it it appears to me like with with your players and watching your videos like you're you let the right elbow go to the top like you'll let the you'll let the right shoulder be almost you know kind of more in the external right before then kind of works back down uh, i'm sorry more more internal more internal well, and then my, then work back in external and transition where you'll see some teachers you know they're they're external you know up to the top where you're letting the elbow go and then really you know let it move back down in the external and transition Almost like you see with a Matthew Wolf. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's fair. Well, so so here's the deal. People get abduction, abduction, which is
1: basically if you had your if you're doing a prayer and your hands are tucked together, and then you went out for like a field goal. That's a field goal. Field goal would be abduction. That's not necessarily internal rotation. That's just moving your right arm away from you and having your humerus bone your bicep or the tricep area of your humerus bone parallel to the ground. So it's just like a field goal. So my arms, most of my players have their arms there and their width is, is definitely it's 90 or more for a lot of my players. Some are a little bit more narrow depending on how much they turn, but the less and less they turn a lot of my players get more and more internal. Um, So the fact is, is as I don't necessarily like internal, I like more abduction And I like it moving more Mm -hmm. towards neutral if I had my choice. So if you, when I say neutral, neutral to me would be like a field goal position. Like you're putting your arms up for a field goal. If you started to bring it back even more, that's where we're going external. If we start to bring the palm down to the ground, that's more internal for the viewers, um, for the listeners. So, so the fact is, is I would rather see Mm -hmm. it move more towards neutral which means my left arm is adducting across my chest, which is smashing across my chest a little bit. Um, But the guys who don't have any smash with their left arm or their lead arm, I should say for you lefties against their chest are going to have a more internal arm if you didn't set it in the backswing. So you can set your right arm, obviously more external, have more form roll, more external shoulder rotation. Mm -hmm. So there's all these cool things that we can do with the backswing. And I think that, what was cool about you is you said it's fair enough that you would prefer this um to be honest i i I would rather it not be internal i'd rather it be into abduction which means it's flying and and you're going to get speed what i don't want is it to be into adduction which means really pinched like elbow to elbow touching each other in front of your face Um, and then your pressure point down and then turn to the top and keep that structure I would never want that because you'd lose so much speed. It'd be like trying to throw a pass from that position. And, and so there's some that would be more controlled, and some would I'd let it fly a little bit more. Some of my players like to, you know, get this arm way up like that, like a field goal. And you look at where your thumbs are at when you do a field goal. Mm-hmm. Where are they? They're pointing at your ears. Well, keep your arms in that same position and then get your thumbs away from your ears. And that's just form rotation. And so you don't have to be across the line if your arms get like that. Most people would get their thumbs at their ears and then feel like they have to get their arm to move more in adduction, more towards their right. face again. Like they'd have to pinch their arm back again. And you don't, you can let your arm fly and let your forearms like go. And you could still be laid off from a position where you felt like only way I can get my arm to fly, I have to be across the line. You just don't yeah, understand, there are a lot. Yeah. you know, how many options we have. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of options. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many options. And that's why there's so many ways that I've seen people shallow, it. whether it's manipulated from internal external shoulder rotation, whether it's forearm rotation, whether there's a push away with pushing the handle up uh, as you turn, whether it's just from using the body, whether you're setting up with enough depth that you start to, you know, use your feet properly. Uh, Whether it's going from, you know, a lot of left bend to right bend, um, whether, you know, there's so many ways that, you know, I get people to do it, whether it's form rotation, whether it's doing flip drills. I mean, I've got, as probably you have, a shit ton, you know, or flexion extension of hands you know, with some external (laughs) contributed to that. There's so many ways that we can shallow it. You know what I mean? And, and so, so it's just about being creative. And so many of my players are like every one of them shallow, and not one of them will tell you how the day they got shallow. They'll be like, I don't remember, dude. I like, like George, he just got me shallow the first lesson and I, I don't remember. And then, so every single one of them, I've probably done something different with and they love the feel, you know, the other day, I can't even tell you one of the tour players because he's, you know, private about it, but the fact is, is I put a stick on the side of a shaft um, just to, to clear him out, to get him more shallow. And he goes, how the hell does this get me more shallow? And I said, just swing it. And anytime you put a stick on the side of your shaft and you go to the top and it hits you in the mm-hmm. side, what are you doing? You're pulling your hands down. So as soon as you move and you open up and you get that, the button of the club is far away from your body, from hitting your left side of your rib cage, what are you doing? your trail arm's going in external rotation. So the, the the more and more this this the the butt end of the the club doesn't hit your left rib cage or your side. I'm going throw on a stick drill. You know what yeah. I mean by a stick drill? You put a stick on the side of your shaft and just yeah. what you should do for chipping, I do it for full swings. So these guys get ripped in the rib cage. So as far as they can keep away from getting hit, that that club head goes back, your arm aducks and guess yeah. what? That shaft shells out like crazy. So a lot of people I just say, hey, just do a stick drill for a little bit. And it'll feel like it's going to whack you, but you're not going to allow it to whack you in transition. They're like, whoa, dude, I'm so shallow. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty easy. So there's like, as you know, or put a stick in the ground.
0: That's one, that's an impact on me. Two seconds. I definitely leave, you know, the the whole pull down concept was, was so popular, right? And, and uh, you pull down on it.
1: Well, I think you can pull down, but just my players can't pull down. And what I mean by that, if we externally rotate our shoulder, and we pull down you're okay because now you're pulling down in the shaft shallow but if you have your arm internal at r or abduction yep. you pull the handle down you're steep you know what i mean so if you've already form rotated and externally rotated yep. your shoulder and you pull down it's like sergio you can you can pull the shit out of that handle and the shaft right. still steep but now you've lost speed and i remember the first time i did it i was like oh dude i can pull down on this shaft and then I, and then I looked yeah. at my speed and it was like 109 and I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? There's no chance I'm going to do that when I'm swinging no, over a 120. Difference. There's no chance. So I mean, I wasn't willing. Yeah, it, yeah. it might. It actually looked good difference. too to
0: me. I was like, dude, this looks
1: good. It's a, and a huge like, difference. And, but there's um, just no speed. That's,
0: that's certainly something you know, and and getting to know you and and um, learning from you that I've, I've definitely incorporated, um, uh, into my teaching. And not only is it more accurate, but it's just more powerful. I just got a lot more, just, there's just a lot more speed uh, in the hit at the top. There's options. We know, but just generally speaking, quick hitter here, laid off versus across the line. What's uh, which what would you rather? Okay. I don't, I don't,
1: I don't mind either one of them. I, I, I like okay. both of them, but they, they gotta be mashed up properly most of the guys that I have that are crossed yep. up have extension of the left wrist, And, and what they end up doing is as they get back into the ground and they start to turn, whether it's knee flexion, hip flexion, spine flexion, or all three, as they start to do that immediately, what happens is either you're going to get internal of the shoulder of the left shoulder, external, of the right shoulder, or you're going to get some flexion and extension of the lead hand and the trail hand. Um, and that's going to lead to, as you start turning, you're going to get some external shoulder rotation. Uh, with the pivot. And I think a lot of it happens naturally. Uh, like me, I I don't really work Mm -hmm. on my arms and I get shallow as anybody. Like I'm not trying to do it, but, but I think it's good to train it. Like, you know, like you do, you, you say, Hey, listen, I like the left hand to be flexed. And I like the trail arm to actually move towards the other arm. I I have zero problem. I've told a lot of people to do that in my day. And and so the fact is that's a good rehearsal, but I feel like if you set the backswing up and your body really works properly, I think a lot of it can happen by itself. Um, so, so, and I think if you've set up properly and you, and you, and you do some of the things prior to that, I think a lot of it will just happen, but, but really to answer your question on the laid off, it's the cross is fine. It's more speed for sure. A hundred percent. I don't even need to debate that. Um, the, the fact is, is is a lot of people who do it and they get crossed and they don't use their body and they pull down, it's a terrible move. So a lot of coaches go, oh, I don't like that. Let's lay you off because mm-hmm. if you pull down, you're still in the slot. Okay. So So – and they have a point to that. But here's the problem. Most people who lay it off have not only internal shoulder rotation – but they also have of the left arm or the lead arm, I should say, and external rotation, of the shoulder of the trail arm with forearm rotation. And now it's more laid off and a lot of them will have the face open. Okay. Not just that, they might even have some extension of the lead wrist, but even if they didn't, it's going to feel more open. So a lot of players will reverse that by trying to come back over and cover, or they'll be so dumped under and stalled out and the face is open. So they have to slow down and flip. So I think that if you could be more like Berger or John Rom right. laid off with more flexion, I think it, it works out great because you'll want to cover the ball. You'll want to get back into hip and knee and spine flexion and, and, and really use you the ground it. and turn through the shot and extend back up. But I think that you if know, you get I, it I off and laid Rick off mope, right and open, I think now. you're in trouble.
0: And I think he's taking on some big changes, you know, in his swing right now. And he's working with, uh, you know, John Tillery, and John is is a good guy. I've known him for for a long time. And you know, here, Ricky is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that job either. And I was talking about it. I wouldn't want that job.
1: Yeah, I, I would not want that job. And I and I and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, because I think Tillery is a really stand-up guy. Uh, and and I think he's a good dude. Yeah, that's a tough. One, right? uh, I, I I just I mean I just wouldn't want that job. And I like Ricky. Ricky's one of my. I think he's one of the, yeah. the best dudes on tour, and because I've got to know him, and I think he's he's a really sweetheart and. Mad talent, and I mean, I, I just want to want the responsibility of yeah. of trying to change as much as they're changing, and and hoping that he comes out of it smelling good. Because if he does, he's
0: a yeah, hero. It's a if huge, he doesn't, huge. He, you know, uh, he's going to get a lot of shit for, for it for any player. A ch- huge change for what yeah. they're doing, and you know, in 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 simple terms, I mean, Ricky's always had the club, you know, point left at the top, um, you know, laid off, steeping it in transition, take on some right bend, stand it up a little bit. Now he's, yeah. Yeah, but he's, but he's always,
1: always had good leg work. He's had, he's yeah. always had good extension in the backswing. He's had a good turn, and you know, just his arm structure to me is the only thing that I would have fixed. I don't know if I would have moved off the ball and flexed my knee and tried to get my arms up because to me that's going to cause a lot more extension at the bottom and a lot more stall out. I think it's going to end up more timing that way, but. I would have just, I would have left his pivot alone and I would have changed his arm structure to not so much form an external rotation of the shoulder. So it wants to, you know, reverse stretch short cycle into a pull down. And then once it's pulled down, you know, you're going to miss the ball. So now all of a sudden you're going to have some right bend and then you're going to have some flip because the face is going to be open. Mm -hmm. So those were all things that matched up for him that he knew where those balls going to go. So I think that that arm being flat, externally rotated and way behind him uh, they're trying to keep knee flexion and get the arms up higher so he doesn't feel like he's out to the right. And you know, you know, once you start flexing that knee and starting extending it, all of a sudden yeah. your face is going to change a little bit more through the ball <laughs> of me. I did too. But you know, I hope I hope it goes well yeah. for both of them because I think they're both. I, I do. I swear. I mean, I, think I, 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 I John's great. um Ricky's great, and I I hope it works out
0: because you Look. know. If, Remember that's about, that's a about tough Kepka one just, just giving everybody <laughs> that's a, the middle finger that's a and tough saying one. look here's the deal i'm gonna take it back i'm gonna keep my trailed knee fully flexed i'm not gonna turn my hips much at all i'm gonna elevate my left arm and then i'm gonna back it up at impact and pound the ball down the middle and just dominate
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing is, is that not everybody's as strong as brooks Kepka. so so if, if if you know if not everybody's as strong as brooks kapka and, and by the way swinging, yeah, at, where's he swinging right. at 122 120 mm, well i got little kids doing that so the fact is, is if Brooks Koepka yeah. wanted to swing at one thirty-five, he could because he's a beast. And I love Brooks. I, I, I don't think that just because he's swinging at one hundred and twenty, whatever he's swinging at, doesn't mean that he's maxed out, or yes. doesn't even mean yeah. he needs to. Cause he's a badass, you know what I mean? Right. He just doesn't, he doesn't need to. So that's up to him what he wants to do. But if it's like Steph Curry shooting free throws at his ass, everybody's going to copy him. We've copied the best golfer, not the best golf swing or the best mechanics. We copied yep. the best golfers that's, and yeah. that's a problem. It is, you know Damn. what I mean? And that's the way it will always be no matter what, well, what does he <laughs> shoot? Well, listen, I got little billionaire kids that swing it better than a lot yeah. of PGA tour players that can't break 80. I'm being honest. They hit it more flush But the fact is they never learned to play golf. Golf is different than ball striking. So when you're looking at a guy and going, God, he's the best golfer, does that mean he's the best ball striker? Well, when you're the best golfer in the world, yeah, you better be a pretty damn good ball striker. So don't get me wrong on that topic. But the fact is, is there's a lot, a lot of good ball strikers out there that can't break 80. You know what I mean? And I'm being honest. I, I have quite a few kids. They can break 80. They're shooting high 70s. But they flush the shit out of it, never learn to putt and chip, you know don't know how to manage their game, terrible mental, never yep. played tournaments, don't play golf much, but they can. Flex when I it. say so, that's a different sport. Hear,
0: what is, does what squat and turn mean to you? Uh, knee
1: flexion, hip flexion, spine flexion, you know, you know, at, at first I was getting people to squat, trying more Sam Sneed. And so the fact is when they squat, they'd come out of their hip flexion. So if I was going to do a jump, I wouldn't just knee bend and have my mid 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 body, which is like my hips and my spine stay erect, and that's what a lot of people were doing. So the fact is, is is I would like to squat by getting into knee, flexion, hip, and spine pretty equal like a jump, not like a squat at the gym where we're keeping our lower lumbar extended and, and having some extension in the spine, the full spine, um, as we're doing a squat mm-hmm. and our butt's back. There's different squats we look at, okay? So the fact is is whether we're doing a deadlift or just a regular squat. I mean, at the gym, there's difference. But I'm talking about if we're going to go into jump, right. that's more of the squat yep. that I'd be looking for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not not one where my spine's erect. But that's what, when you get too much knee flexion, that's what's going to happen. Because if not, you're going to dig a trench. If you have a lot of knee flexion, hip flexion, and spine flexion, you better have mm-hmm. a real short arm and a shaft that's bleeding yep. like you no And,
0: you, and you you're going to chunk the shit you, out of it. As you're describing there. You know the difference in that action versus a launch, which you know I think that's the way you were taught. A flex
1: and a launch. Well, yeah, I mean, you so squat like, in the back yeah, exactly. so and then you I launch. Take it back and I, Is that what you're saying? I,
0: almost like a shot putter, right? And I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of, yeah. And, I, and then and then from there I push off. Yeah, and I launch, squat in right? the back. Where in the golf swing, you know, when we launch and we get the lower body, you know, bumping, and sliding, and lateral towards the target, then the spine has to take on more side bend, you know, to the right. You know, with with this more squat and turn, now the spine is a little bit more neutral. Now you can use the ground in any way that you want, and you're yeah.
1: Well, absolutely. So the thing that I look at is when I squat in the backswing or I move off, I shift off and I flex the knee, you can get power there, but you have very little face mm-hmm. control. Once you start to push up or push sideways, all of a sudden low point gets bad. So let's say I'm going move off the ball flex and I start pushing off trail and I fish hook, my head gets stuck back. Somebody grabs my lip and just my legs are forward, my head's back. I'm going to chunk the ball unless my handle gets real far forward. That's the model I fell into. Then you got guys who squat and shift everything forward. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. what do they do? They start standing up and throwing their angles. So either way, you've got very little, very little, what do you call it? Face control. So this squat and the jump doesn't mean it's not powerful, even though if we went and we did an NFL combine, we'd Mm -hmm. go into extension, flexion, extension for a jump. Correct. Okay. So that's why I'd rather extend to finish the range of motion. Okay. Now, if I don't finish the range of motion, my arms, if I keep my arms going, or if I have a normal length swing with my arms, what am I going to do to get it back inside? I'm going to side bend, slide, pull down, hump, do anything to get the club inside. it once again, because I didn't extend and turn that hip and let that femur move with it. I, I actually had to do something to get it back inside so so the fact is is when people start thinking the knee flexion the backswing not only are you losing speed but you're losing control of the face you're losing the ability to turn you're losing your low point control um and, and so the fact is i mean you're you're loft i mean there's a lot of yeah. things that can go wrong you know
0: talk you about move off and flex. as we get closer here i know you're you're busy here and I appreciate your time, but um so so talk about the head for a second oh, coming down. I'm so I'm good time. you know, it's amazing when the head swivels, when the head starts to, you know, track and eyes up and looking, you know, more down the line, a la Duval, Sword Stand, you know, how much easier it is to open up through the strike. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. So so to talk about that, I always have everybody look at the target first. And I say, keep your eyes on the target and I'll hold their head at the target. And I said, No, to yeah. no make a backswing, but keep your eyes at the target. And they can't even turn. So I said, okay, now I move their head and I make it go back to where it should swivel back. So it should not only swivel, but your left ear should get closer for the the viewer or for the listeners to your left shoulder as it swivels. So there's two things. There's a neck tilt and a neck turn as you go back. Now, to me, if I had glasses on, Okay. And, and I had the left side of my glasses. Okay. The, let's say that I have black glasses on and the black part of my left part of my lens, my lead side would turn all the way back just to the very, very tip of the ball, the very front part of the ball. So that's how much my eyes swivel. So, my eyes don't stay at the reference that I see out of my glasses at a dress. They've actually swiveled all the way back. So, if, if I did that drill for a player, I say, Listen, keep your eyes at the target and turn, and they can't turn. Then I swivel their head all the way back. And now all of a sudden they're like, "Whoa, I could barely see the ball." Well, that's where I'm at at the top. Now I say, "Now keep your eyes back there," and I turn through, and they're like, "I can't turn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break my neck." I said, "Yeah, absolutely. Let it go." And all of a sudden at the target, their chest opens up, so they have a good feel instead of me just saying, "Hey, do this," because these guys did it. I make them feel how impossible it is to turn first without a neck swivel, and then they go, "Oh shit, this is way easier." And, and Padre corrected me on something a while ago. I said, "Get your, get your neck out," and he goes what the fuck's that mean? And I, said, and I go, get your neck out. He's like, you don't get your neck out. And I go, Oh yeah, I do get my neck out. He goes, Nope. You get your eyes out. And I go, okay, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? He's all the first thing you do when, when you turn around and look, what do you do? Your eyes go first, not your neck. Okay, he said. He said, when you throw a ball, first thing are eyes. I said, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. turn your eyes then. And he's like, okay, that's yeah. better. <laughs> I swear to God, he's the best. What? Pa- uh, the coolest well, guy out there.
0: You look at look at podrick One of the, you know, I, it's a good point with podrick because as we kind of work the downswing here for to the finish. He, I remember there was a video of him where he had to he had to, in transition when he would when he would sit and turn like he had to go down he had to go down and eat it right and that was and that was, yeah eat the ball and the emphasis of that was to keep the left shoulder more eat down the ball. rather than rather than popping up right like you have to go down again.
1: okay so 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 when we say left shoulder down it's all relative to how much it's back so let's say i'm at a dress and i'm standing up and you say left shoulder down my left shoulder I'm, my head's moving towards the target but if i turn back 90 or more and then i go into front bend what happened to my shoulder it mm-hmm. happens to be in front of my front bend so my left shoulder is where down so it's all relative to the hip flexion, knee flexion, spine flexion, but you can call it left shoulder down, but if you open that chest and that those the the head up too quick and transition, you get the left shoulder going four down, you're gonna be moving too far forward so so yeah, so I want the the nose over the D or the belt buckle, but it really it wouldn't be exactly there. My nose would be about for my players about a ball forward or a ball Mm -hmm. back of where my pelvis was at inch inch two and a half two inches roughly around there in transition at p5 for those viewers left arm parallel on the downswing i like pretty much the nose the chest and and Mm -hmm. and the hips pretty stacked on top of each other in transition and and most good players have been there um because but but the fact is is if you if you have no depth and you had no turn in the backswing and you try and do that, you're going to be across the ball. You're going to look like Charles Barkley, like I've said a lot of times. And then all of a sudden you're going to have to stand up or you're going to have to lose your mind because you have no depth and you're coming across it too much. So so you have to finish your turn. You have to have the depth in order to have that move even work for you in the first place. So that's why when I see people trying to do that with no turn, they have to slide. That's why a lot of coaches still believe there should be a huge lateral slide because they're not matching up the backswing. With enough hip depth or enough hip turn, Mm -hmm. you know, enough extension, enough left bend, enough depth of the the hands and arms. Those are the things that have to match up in order for you to not slide or not push off trail leg or not extend. But the fact is, is people are stuck on their ways. And I think one of the biggest things that people don't understand is Mm -hmm. most people get dumped under because they didn't have enough turn. So, so what do they do? They, they take a very little backswing with very little turn and all of a sudden they slide to get it inside because if they did turn, they'd cover it too hard, go too far left, too down. So their natural instinct is I'm dead with no turn. I'm gonna slide and now I'm dumped under. So let's put a stick out and stay on top of that with no turn. Boom, start digging trenches. They don't like the feel of that, they start tilting. So these things go from across to tilt, to across to tilt and they get stuck and sometimes they play good when they're right in the middle. But really, all the symptoms of really, Mm -hmm. we're looking for the root problem, which was you didn't turn enough. So you're always going to back out of it. You have to just to find my golf
0: swing. So those are the things I look at. I mean, like I, yeah, that's exactly you know when I, really when I don't get deep enough, when I don't get what's that?
1: When you played,
0: yeah, oh for sure. When you played a lot, probably you probably didn't
1: have enough turn. You tilted, get it dumped under. So then we'd stick a stick or try and keep on top of it. And it dig too much and then when you swung and didn't think about it, you're probably somewhere neutral and yeah. you played good for a while yeah. and then you had to go I mean, back yeah, and for forth sure. between
0: those your whole life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that was is, I mean Is that what you're that, talking that's about? Exactly I did too. My game. And and you know, obviously much further along now with my with even like as I work today in my own game. I don't Me play Me too. Much, but um I'm always trying to get deeper in my turn going back. You know, that's like that's my number one. I'm always trying to get, you know, get deep. It's almost like a trust thing. I agree. That's why I do so many freezers for players. Not that I like it
1: or not that I like the spike. I just know that from a freezer, yeah. they've completed. Their structures, good. Their face is good. Their pressure and their feet are good. Now we've yeah. got all those things managed. Now we can go. It's not because I just like to freeze up top or to, to stop and go or whatever you want to call it. I don't care. It's funny. Como's like, why yeah. do you call it a freezer, bro? I'm going to do the toaster next time. I'm like, <laughs> he, he's all, why are you labeling it the free? Mm-hmm. I'm like, who cares? It's just something that people can recognize. So, so <laughs> the funny thing is, is yeah, if I get somebody to do that, then I know that they finish everything. Now we can work on how are we starting this backswing? Does it need to freeze up top to finish? No, if you start finishing and then you start using, you know, your separation, that's fine. You can do it however you want. You can go up there, freeze and go like Matsuyama, or you can start changing direction, getting different stretches. But either way, you can get a stretch from a freeze. I can get a stretch from the upper lower body. I can get a stretch up against my trash, which to me is a duction of my lead arm up against my chest. And to, to a lot of people, that's pinning. And people get pinned there because when you don't turn and you slide, that arm does get pinned. And then you have to pull it down. But if you finish your turn and then you dig in the ground without being so separate from upper body to lower body, but if it's more on top of each other as you dig in – at about P5 and a half, you start pushing off the ground. That left arm moves off your chest so hard it, it slams off your chest. And then you got mad speed because you push your left arm into your chest with the rotation and the actual the, the flexion of the knees, hips, and spine as you got in there, as you turn and dug in the ground. Guess what? You're not over the top now with that move, where most people would if they didn't have a turn. But now all of a sudden, as you start to extend up with your right bend. And you turn, all of a sudden those arms just fly off your chest and and there's mad speed and and, and good face control and and continuous rotation. So those are the things that people go, why would you want your left arm stuck on your chest? Well, you don't if if you set the backswing up the way you're doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's all relative to to how you set things up. That's why so many people have come at me for so long is because – they're not looking at it the same way they're looking at it out of the way they've only thought about it. And that's okay. Cause we think different. That doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just that if you think that I've been around for I'm 49 years old, if you think that I haven't tried your shitty ass method, try them all. Okay. Yeah. So don't fool yourself with that's a better method. Cause I've tried it. You know, <laughs> I think you probably tried everything too. We all have, if you want to be a great coach, you, you better have tried yeah. everything. So when people come at you, you're like, bro, it's just terrible. And Even if I match it no, up with what, this this, this, I can still make it work. But in. you know, I, still I think don't you like. Gotta, it.
0: You got to get in the trenches and teach. You know, you got to, you got, you got to put your hands on them. You got to move them um, and 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 make things happen. Change the ball flight. Make them better. Um, and that's hundred percent. I'm sure you can yeah. do
1: that from the very start. I feel like we probably both could. I feel like we could make a difference in somebody hitting from the very first time we started playing but now our techniques better. But the fact is, is, is I think that we probably both made it easier for people to understand quicker. And and I think that's what, I mean, people go, well, what have you changed? And I'm like a lot, like every day I change and I change. So it makes it easier for players. So I don't have to go through a whole, you know, a whole book for you to understand what I'm talking about. I'm trying to make it easier without using terminology with making it just like, okay, this is what I want you to copy. This is what I want it to look like. This is Oh, you're doing this? Okay, I want you to do yeah. this. It, it, it's just easier to connect with players, yeah. is what I want it to be. Yeah,
0: it's not reinventing Good stuff, the my wheel man. Every week because um, it's
1: never going to be. I that appreciate
0: way. it, and uh, I know you're. Uh, I know you're busy. You've got some. Uh, you got probably 250 Absolutely. swings to look at in your Instagram DM right now from people wanting, uh, <laughs> wanting, wanting a five minute, five minute Facetime, George. Just, <laughs> just hop on with me real quick. Five minutes. You would be. You'll be you'll be uh, you'll be divorced in a hurry. Oh, geez. All right, buddy. Well, uh, stay safe out there. I appreciate your time. Um, Keep up the great work. I've learned a lot from you. And um, let's just uh, we'll just keep evolving and keep changing and uh, and keep getting better and making an impact. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm Travis Fulton. We'll see you next time.